Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Riverdale Recap Podcast. Today, we have a very special bonus episode with a guest that, honestly, I'm surprised we managed to get on this show. So this is the biggest thing since Matt Ligori on Kowski Cast. Sorry, Matt, but typically, it's just me and Kirsten on this show. Kirsten's here as well, but Kirsten, do you want to introduce our guest since you're the one who managed to get him on? Uh, I would absolutely love to. I was really hoping we'd come into this saying, hey, it's Hannah. Surprise, it's not Hannah. But we have a very special treat today. I've managed to convince this man to watch Riverdale when he has so many better things to be doing. So without further ado, please, Josh Wiggler, how does it feel having uh, watched Riverdale today? I can't believe you outed my identity. I was going to be in Black Hood mode for the entirety of the podcast. <laughs> like I was going to I was going to like make you unbox the, the, the Wombats hat from the box and put it on and look in the mirror. And then you would know you were just like me. <laughs> Sorry, I, yes. I already used that joke in like the non-recorded preamble. So this is just to Mary and Kirsten to tell you I, I don't have much material. But no, this is amazing. <laughs> this is amazing. I I can't believe this. This is, uh, you know, I, I don't know what I would have said if you had reached out to me at an earlier point in my life. I may have been like, Riverdale? Really? I don't know. But I'm kind of in like a, a YOLO do anything once mode right now. And now I think I'm going to, how many episodes of Riverdale are there? We're like getting into like the, the 60s. I guess I'm going to do Riverdale 60 times where I'm is where I'm trending right now. I'm very very high on Riverdale after this episode. I haven't felt so guilty about getting someone into Riverdale <laughs> since Tom Palmer started watching it after the season three episode seven on Renap. You know, you can be very high on Riverdale, and Riverdale coincidentally makes you feel like you're high when you're watching it. So it all I definitely out. I I definitely did not feel sober watching uh chap <laughs> chapter 18 when a stranger calls being my first. <laughs> First episode of Riverdale. It's a, it's a, it's a, a hell of a drug. I don't know what the jingle jangle was, but I feel like uh, some of it, some of it spewed through the screen and into my, into my reality. Uh, and you, you're also both guilty of, of getting uh, the great Emily Fox. My wife Emily Fox also was watching it with me today, and she's like, "Yo," oh, she no. was like, she was like, "Yo, Riverdale's good." So I think, we, I think we might both be oh, perfect. <laughs> accidentally hooked on Riverdale. I, I feel worse about that. That you you should feel worse about, for sure. Oh, no. Emily's got like an actual life to live. My job is to be hip to what's on TV. So eventually I should have gotten around to Riverdale, but we could have spared Emily uh, all this way through. But now she's... Please send our apologies. I will. I will. Just tell her the show went under. That was the only episode. (laughs) They only did the one. Yeah, it was so weird. They started with season two, episode five, just to see like if they had enough material to like go that deep. Turned out they didn't, you know? they really put it all out there that was it that was it Um, yeah yeah so this week we're we're gonna be talking about season two episode five when a stranger calls so rob don't come at us for not introducing the episode up front like we did one other time Ooh, it just happened to be the one he listened to yeah Yeah. that was embarrassing it was so mary you chose this episode like well you made a selection and this was near the top of the list what what was your rationale for making this episode the first episode and presumably only episode that we thought josh wiggler would ever watch you were wrong you're so wrong (laughs) 
<laughs> I had come up with a list of like 12 or 13 episodes that I was just going through trying to find the craziest ones, mostly ones that Archie's not in very much. And bingo, he didn't even have a plot line in this episode. So we found the right one. <laughs> you say that, except there's that point where he's taking a phone call from Betty and he's just doing bicep curls. I felt that that was fairly <laughs> groundbreaking that Archie's just getting, you know, is totally shredded in his spare time. That is not what I would have expected from Riverdale. Oh, so, well, we we wanted to drop you into an episode that I, so I look at season two as kind of like the teenage years of the show Riverdale in that like season one, it was a baby. It was finding its footing. Didn't know what it wanted to be yet. And, but it's not quite at the season three or four completely off the rails yet. You know, this is just an average Seriously? rich kid. Look, <laughs> this like... is just some average rich kids, serial killers and gangs. What else do you need? Yeah, so season one was a murder mystery and season two was like fairly standard. Season three and four is where it goes really crazy. Yeah, I don't really remember watching season two. Like I remember that I watched it and that I found a lot of joy in it, but I don't remember any of the plot lines. So when Mary gave a list, I chose this one solely because it has the scene at the end with Alice Cooper in that red dress, which is an iconic moment remarkable, in history. Remarkable, remarkable. Our, our, our jaws were on the ground when, when that happened. Uh, we're like, what is going on? Why does she look so fabulous and so mad about it? Why, like, what is, what is, what is happening right now? It was a very surprising and, and startling moment. And Emily and I uh, are both uh, big Twin Peaks people. So uh, we, we see, oh, we see Shelly of Twin Peaks fame when we see Alice Cooper. It took us a minute to, to put that together. And then very helpfully, there was like that old newspaper clipping. I was like, oh, that's Shelly from Twin Peaks. That's why I know who this is. But why she was wearing like that ferocious red dress was and remains completely beyond me. So yeah, I was, I noticed that this time around that I thought the mugshot picture might have been taken from an actual picture of her when she was younger. It didn't look like they were trying to Photoshop anything. So did that, did that look familiar to you? That look, yeah, that looked legit. That looked, that looked like uh, the, I, I always say her name wrong. Is it Madchen? Machen? Machen. 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 David Lynch has like a weird nickname for her too. So it all like swirls together. But yeah, that looked like her. That looked like her from, from Twin Peaks, from, from the, the long ago day. Yeah, I don't know. I, I was just, I was absolutely mystified by that. I was so mystified by so many of the character relationships in this episode. And I'm, I'm, I remain mystified by you both saying like, yeah, really Riverdale didn't get off the rails until season three. Because I was like watching this episode and Jughead's getting the crap kicked out of him by all of these people. Uh, and he's like getting snake bit in order to infiltrate some sort of underground society. I just remember when Jughead was eating hamburgers. Uh, so this is already like pretty intense for me. And and Kirsten, when I, when I said to you earlier today that this show is intense, you were like, yeah, I forgot season two was all about a serial killer. How do you forget season two is about a serial killer? That's a crazy thing to say. And I feel like uh, very, uh, very uh, emblematic, I must imagine, of where Riverdale goes. If this is like an arc you can forget, uh, <laughs> that's like fairly impressive. I think Kirsten blocked out all of season two. I, yeah, I, I don't have the best memory of season two because this is what I watched after the devastation of not going on Big Brother Canada. Riverdale yeah. was basically the only thing I could stomach watching at the time. So, so a lot I, of it blends together. Yeah, 
I don't have a great memory of like that time in my life. And so uh, it kind of blocks out Riverdale. But there's a there was a quote in I think last week in season four Riverdale where someone's like, oh, but your mom is a serial killer. And she goes, yeah, but so is your dad. And so is Betty's dad. And <laughs> so like everyone's a serial killer. So who cares? And so that's kind of where my perspective is on this episode of Riverdale as well. Um, yeah. Who after you saw this episode, I'm going to tell you right now, the Black Hood was a character that you saw in this episode, their actual identity. Do you have any concept of no, who it could none, possibly zero. be? Absolutely none. I mean, like, I, I can rule out a couple of suspects, I think. Like, I can't imagine. Jughead's busy. Jughead's got too much shit going on. It's definitely not Jughead. <laughs> Jughead's the Black Hood. Yeah, you Jughead's telling Betty to break up with him. Yeah, like, that's like that very, like, 5D chess. Uh, I mean, like, he seems like he's a real strategist in how he's infiltrating the serpents, so I wouldn't put it past Jughead. It just feels uh, very uh, five-dimensional for him to pull that off. Same with Archie. I can't imagine Archie has anything to do with it. He's there when the phone calls are, are going down. Although, didn't the didn't uh, Officer Keller show up and be like, yeah, the handwriting's different on these two different letters. There could be two Black Hoods. So is it like a scream thing? I don't know. But I didn't walk away with any real major theory about who it could be. I kind of assumed that by watching this one episode in isolation, there was going to be next to no chance that I'd be able to figure out who this was. Uh, I guess my instincts would say maybe Nick St. Clair just because he's a douche. Uh, and wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise <laughs> me if he was going around killing people. Can I just say, the fact that you picked up on the sheriff's name being Sheriff Keller means you were watching this way too closely. I, I, <laughs> I don't have it in me to watch any other way. I mean, like, I know the name Kevin Keller, so I assume that's his dad or something like that because Kevin Keller was a big deal when he was introduced in the comics. I was covering comics oh, yeah. as a reporter back then. I've never really been, like, a big Archie guy, but, like, it was hard not to have that on your radar. So that's 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 why that name jumped out to me. And I was like, oh, I'm pretty impressed with the world building. Uh, you know, they're really, they're really digging in. There's so much here that I want to dive into. My mind's going in like 10 different directions. But just to start you out here, what, yeah, what is your knowledge of Archie comics? Did you, I guess you said you knew all the characters' yeah. names for the most part. Is this at all what you thought a show about the comic book characters was going to be like? So, so I'm not a big Archie guy. You know, I think that my memories of Archie are, are uh, probably not terribly unfamiliar to a, a lot of people like my age you remember them from uh like seeing like the little news digest in like a grocery store or whatever and i just never i never really read it It just never really stood out to me but they're iconic characters you know archie you know jughead you know betty and veronica and i knew because a long time ago uh, like at the very start of my career i was uh, a comic book reporter uh so i was covering comic books for a living for the better part of like five years or something like that so archie wasn't my beat but it was it was close enough and i was i was paying attention to that stuff um so I think that they started making the turn towards like a real push for Archie to like the comics themselves to become like sexy and edgy and mature and graphic novel style Archie. Probably like somewhere towards the end or a couple of years after I was covering comics. So I was aware of it because I thought that was such a fascinating choice. And I remember thinking like, there's no way that this is going to succeed. This is a very desperate thing. Why are you messing with decades of success? It wasn't my thing, but clearly it was working. And now you're doing this strange rebranding then they announced somewhere around there that Riverdale was going to become a TV show and I thought like no one's going to be into this this is not going to work at all lo and behold we're going on four seasons a fifth season is on its way and I had I had heard that people were feeling so passionately about the show that they were you know that there's like bug hashtag bughead and all of this stuff so like, I, like I'm like tangentially familiar with all of this but never in my wildest dreams did I imagine to check in and it would be as like absolutely insane as as it's ended up being 
which is probably my bad because I I was at least aware that there was like a zombie Archie comic at this point. Like art the Archie comics have really flown off the rails it seems like and I guess they've just like doubled down on that in terms of Riverdale as well. So they designed a new Archie who can get it and I guess he got it. Uh so good for them. <laughs> well, he can try. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, yes, the Andrews Men, famous triers. So typically for anyone who is popping into this episode and has, like Josh, maybe only watched season two, episode five, or is choosing not to watch, heads up, lots of spoilers going to be happening in this podcast. Yeah, and, and please spoil me on anything you want. Yes. Like, I'm very happy to have the entire thing spoiled for me, and I'm still going to be interested. Yes, it's going to be good. Maybe but... even more interested, to be honest. Yeah, so the thing about Riverdale is they took these Archie Comics characters, which the comics are primarily like Golden Boy Archie, And then the sort of slightly more bad girl, you know, new to town, Veronica, and then girl next door, Betty. And they took all that and then added a crazy element to each one of the characters, except for Archie, who's pretty much exactly what he's supposed to be in the comics. He's not supposed to be sexy or fit, though. He's just supposed to be like a random pudgy ginger. He was getting miraculously has two women. And now he's like this jack football player. Yeah. Yeah, he's doing bi- bicep curls to prepare for phone calls. That was like the craziest thing I've ever seen was Archie getting ripped. I was like, what am I watching? Why is he could have been anywhere fielding that phone call and they choose to show him just getting jacked. Oh my God. Archie's body shaming me. (laughs) This is not the most crazy part of Riverdale, but it's not even like the top five craziest things of this episode. It was, it was, but it was so surprising to me. I was like, what is Archie doing getting ripped? He's really taking care of himself. This is such a surprise. So Veronica, instead of just being like new to town, she's also part of this mob family. Her parents, her father's an ex-criminal and her mom is into some shady business. Yes. Mark Consuelos, Mr. Kelly Ripa in this show as her dad. And Betty's main thing that's different is like she's got this dark side to her. So she's not just the perfect girl next door. And that comes out several different times. And that's sort of a a big plot point in season four now. Kind of comes and goes. Jughead they just completely scrapped everything from the comics and were like, we're going to put Cole Sprouse in here and we're going to turn him into like a loner sort of writer kind of guy. And then starting pretty much in this episode, he uh, gets into the gang scene, which is very bizarre. But his his father is actually the was the, the king of the serpents. So and he's, he's got he's, that in his uh, blood. And he's played by, by Skeet Ulrich, according to Wikipedia. Yes. yes. That's incredible. Skeet Ulrich. Th- this episode, the one bad thing about it is it's really low on what I like to call the river daddies. <laughs> we only had a couple scenes with Fred Andrews, the late Luke Perry, yeah. and you know, a little bit of Hiram Lodge, but but no Skeet Ulrich, which is very sad for me. At it least. seemed like he was being name checked a lot, though. So he's so so. Here's what I could figure out. Uh, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try and yes, I'm gonna, walk us through. So I'm gonna try and I'm gonna try and explain what I saw uh, okay. a, a, as best as I can. I, I, I know there's a lot of diff- there's a lot going on in this episode. So. <laughs> To do this in any kind of streamlined way would be difficult. But it seems like there is a serial killer in town who is going by the name of the Black Hood and is for some reason deciding to phone stalk Betty, who's dating Jughead, who is trying to infiltrate a gang called the Southside Serpents that his father founded. And he's willing to go to very extreme lengths to infiltrate this crew, including potentially alienating himself from all of his friends, while Betty is literally deliberately being instructed to 
alienate herself from everybody she cares about on instructions from this masked serial killer who's threatening to kill her uh, curiously absent pregnant sister. Meanwhile, something messed up is going on with Betty's mom as well that may or may not have something to do with this serial killer shenanigans. And then Veronica, who is part of, like you say, this mob family, that seems pretty queer. And there's like some sort of mob hotel deal that has to go on, which introduces (laughs) us to Nick St. Clair, who is this total screaming douche who is going around trying to to mack it to Veronica. And when that doesn't work out, he's busting out the the roofies for this person who I don't know. That's Cheryl Blossom. That's Cheryl Blossom. That's Cheryl, Cheryl Blossom. And that doesn't work out because uh, Josie and the Pussycats come around and they kick the shit out of him. And that doesn't seem to work out so well for Nick. And by the end of it, if that lesson didn't take hold, Betty is being instructed by the mass serial killer to uh, name somebody to assassinate instead of her sister. So she decides that you should assassinate Nick St. Clair. And that's the cliffhanger that we're we're left on. And so I think that like I've got all of that straight. And my big question is like, why is any of this (laughs) happening on the Archie show? Why are we dealing with assassins and like undercover like Jack Bauer antic on Riverdale? I really, Josh, I really wish you had been able to talk with us about season four, episode 12, like originally planned, because that episode had a uh, army veteran mercenary (laughs) plot line um, that I think you would have really found enjoyable. Um, And Nick St. Clair was mysteriously back this past week. Oh my God. So just to, you know, tell you here, like the CW, one of its main commercials for Riverdale is showing all of these clips of crazy things that have happened in the show and then just a clip of Betty at the end being like, sounds like a normal day in Riverdale. (laughs) So that's kind of where we're at. That's good. Yeah, you did a pretty good job recapping the episode there and getting most of that. The only thing I will say, which you keep mentioning, Jughead's not exactly trying to infiltrate the serpents. I think that he's like, all right, I'm going in. I need to be, you know, touching base with my roots. My father was part of this game. He's authentically interested. Okay, okay. Yeah, he like legitimately wants to join the serpents, which is good because Cole's Bros looks so good in a leather jacket. Yeah, the the leather jackets are a, a great part of this show. Season two, the main gist of the whole season is like south side of Riverdale versus north side. The north side's the rich kids or the at least middle class kids. Right. The south side is, from the show's perspective, basically just all the serpents. You don't really meet people who are on the <laughs> south side who aren't the serpents. Wow, so they're really not interested in like actually exploring uh, like the nuances of the class warfare well, within Riverdale. I will say there are other gangs that come up later, but everybody in the south side's in a gang, at least, okay. at this point. And they, and so Jughead has, at the beginning of season two, moved to the south side school because his father's in prison, because his father was partially involved with the main murder that happened last season. Okay. And so the season one, really simple. It's like, here's Archie Comics, except everybody's hot, and it's a little bit darker, and there's also just one murder mystery that happens, and they solve the one murder mystery, and that's it. Season two, they started off with like, gotta have a serial killer, can't just have one murder, gotta have like three or four. By season three, there's at least 14 murders, so. <laughs> wow. That's great. Why is anyone staying? It's so dangerous. You know, that's a really good question, and We've I'm not sure. St- struggling with that for years of why right. is anyone why, why there? Why are you staying here? This is a dangerous yeah. town. There's And, it, and it, was, uh, it was hard to figure out where Riverdale was supposed to be for a while, but we spent like at least a season and a half thinking it was in Chicago. No, but not in Chicago. Oh, but near Chicago. near Chicago. Chicago adjacent. Yeah, because yes. um, Archie's mom at the start of the show lives in Chicago. And so to me, I was like, well, she's always 
she's you oh, know zip zapping. Oh, she's played by someone famous, right? Molly, Molly Ringwald. Ringwald. Yes. Yes. Is she is she showing up more now that um that Luke Perry's off the show? Yes. A little bit, yeah. So I was like, well, she's always zip zapping around from Chicago to Riverdale. It seems like it's a short day trip. I was like, well, Riverdale must be in Illinois. And then we were informed by um friend of the pod Bryce that it is clearly in upstate New York and I'm stupid. So oh. that's where we've kind of settled on where Riverdale is. I have a recurring podcast gag that I'm not supposed to talk about upstate New York. So this makes uh the remainder oh, no. of this podcast. <laughs> podcast is very awkward. Uh, so as long as yeah, you he's... don't at Antonio Mazzaro, at AC Mazzaro on Twitter, and let him know that I'm talking about upstate New York, I think we're going to be good. But everybody who's listening to this has to be on message with that. Can't at AC Mazzaro <laughs> at all about the fact that I'm talking about upstate New York on a podcast. He and I have a really solid pact that we're not supposed to do this. Great. Well, see, uh, you're luckily back in season two where so we can I just pretend it was in it's in Illinois. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so, so, we're good. so Riverdale, Illinois, just uh, <laughs> yes. your classic the Midwest town. town. Yeah. Where, yeah, yeah, and it, it really made, like, the, I don't know why I thought that truly, because the other thing that we know about Riverdale is that it has a booming maple syrup industry, <laughs> which makes a lot more sense if it's yeah. in, like, Vermont, yeah. but I was like, oh, it must be close to Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that Illinois syrup is, uh, they don't talk about it a lot. It's a really well-kept secret, uh, <laughs> but it's good stuff. It's really good stuff. Um, yeah, so so the show just spirals from here is what you're saying. Is like, it, they're, well, they're, like, they're trying to like see how crazy they, they can get away with making Riverdale before they start throwing gargoyle princes or whatever our way. Yeah, so so the gargoyle king, the, the thing about season three is they decide that there needs to be a game that's very similar to Dungeons and Dragons, except real. And it's got this this guy running it called the Gargoyle King, and he's <laughs> it's very Griffins scary. Griffins and gargoyles, okay? Yeah, Griffins and gargoyles, sure. which is you know G and G as you do. Yeah, of course. Right. It, it's it's like how you know how when you play D and D, sometimes you have to prepare two drinks, and one has cyanide and the other doesn't. You just drink one and see if you're gonna die or not. Yeah. That's uh that's what Griffins and gargoyles is all about. It's a pretty standard game. I think it's well known uh, in in many different circles. So not a surprise. So Riverdale does two things really well, which is one, instant gratification. Like, except for who the Black Hood is, pretty much every other mystery is answered, like, the next episode. So, spoiler alert, at the first scene of the next episode, Nick St. Clair does not, in fact, die. So Is there is there an attempt made on his life, at least, or they just kind of let it go? The Black Hood decides that because Nick St. Clair is not from Riverdale, yeah. he's from New York City, then he's ineligible. Yeah, the Black Hood's basically, Betty, that's a cop-out. We- <laughs> Yes. We're not we're not just killing the random guest star. Yes, exactly. And also, uh, coincidentally, season four, episode twelve that was happening this week, Nick St. Clair comes back again for like the fourth time. Why do you He's guys keep just... thinking of me for these Nick St. Clair episodes? <laughs> this is a bad it's bad terrible. optics. This is not good. Yeah, Nick St. Clair is not good. He's well, not good. The business. next episode that Josh can watch can be the one where Archie goes and breaks both of Nick St. Clair's legs. What? That's a thing that happens? <laughs> Archie goes and kneecaps Nick St. Clair? Yeah, what? yeah. No, um, Nick St. Clair, who is already bedridden with some other kind of injury, Sores. and then Archie just, oh my God. you know, beats on him. But it's fine, because Nick St. Clair will come back and kidnap him later and hold him for ransom. So it's fine. Oh, my God. My head hurts so much. I, I should have I taken some Advil before the podcast. Probably should have. Probably should have. Yeah, so the uh, booming maple syrup industry is actually headed up by the Blossom family, who was responsible for the, the main murder of season one is that Cheryl Blossom's twin brother, Jason, is murdered murdered prior to the start of the show and the whole thing is you're trying to figure out who murdered him and people keep 
forgetting that like maybe Cheryl's having a hard time with this and so they just kind of she's a horrible person but they're not really sympathetic and it turns out her dad is the one who murdered him so he murdered his own his own kid yeah yeah yeah. he murdered his because the kid didn't want to get involved with the maple syrup industry because the maple syrup industry is really just a front for the heroin industry as you know truly a sticky situation (laughs) yeah and on top of that Jason had impregnated Betty's older sister and uh, what we end up finding out is that uh, the Coopers and the Blossoms are actually cousins so uh, Polly's pregnant with her cousin's children so it's very awkward is that why she's just like uh, like ferreted away somewhere where no one can find her is that like news on the show at this point she uh, she everyone on the show knows at this point um, she left to join a cult (laughs) that's where she is right now look here's the thing me none of that's real that isn't real it's literally isn't real. every single thing that i've said is real this, is like, terms of I, this is like when keanu reeves wakes up in the matrix and like nothing is real anymore and everything was fake and you're actually in a computer simulation and you now have to like fight for the future of humanity against all these robots it's like how i feel being awakened to the fact that riverdale has been happening all around me all this time and i had no idea yeah in this episode you hear the black hood say that he knows that betty's sister Polly is at a farm two hours away, which is true, but they sort of forget their own writing by season three and a farm becomes this cult called the farm uh-huh. and so the farm does end up coming back to riverdale who is led by the great chad michael murray oh so he's still really hot just for the record yes. wow. we, yeah. we can't talk about chad michael murray without me saying chad michael murray is so hot is he is he like does he have like a really uh significant arc on riverdale like is he on a lot of riverdale or is it like a quick he's, quick chad michael he's murray? on like half of season three I would say and like the first couple episodes like maybe two episodes of season four before he takes off in his rocket or attempts to well he was gonna take off and go to space on a rocket that he made uh, (laughs) but Alice Cooper shoots him so he doesn't get to go to space he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna escape to space is his plan well and the thing is is the rocket that he makes looks more so like like a cannon that you could imagine evil Knievel climbing into and he's also wearing that same kind of like white bodysuit, and he's gonna he's gonna literally like rocket off to space. Is the plan? He's gonna cannon that himself to plan, space. But Alice Cooper comes in and shoots him. So he wasn't actually gonna make it to space in that rocket. It was not gonna fly. Is it possible that Riverdale gets to the moon though? Like, could there be like the moon season of Riverdale? Is that within the parameters of the reality established in this show? I would never say never to any any concept about Riverdale unless you're going to say something like that makes sense. Uh. <laughs> well, and, and Riverdale, it it treads this line of putting completely ridiculous stuff in there and then sort of trying to explain it. So a lot of stuff has happened that we think is somewhat sort of mystical or mythical, but then kind of gets explained away. Or more likely, the other thing the show's good at, besides instant gratification, just sort of dropping yeah, its abandoned. own plot lines and kind of moving on. But I respect that. Like if they're like, ah, that's not working or like that's, that's too normal for this 
show or like even that's too weird and just like realizing that something isn't working this feels like and it was something that Emily and I were both looking at each other and being like things are happening very quickly like there's the moment where where Betty is talking to the Black Hood and he's like if you publish this thing about your mom you can ask me a question and at that moment all of my TV viewing instincts are saying okay so the the rest of the arc of this episode is going to be Betty wrestling with the idea of like um, I'm being you know kind of blackmailed by this serial killer it's very terrifying do I give in to their demands uh, but at the expense of my relationship with my mom and like that's going to be like the big conflict and instead like it's like five minutes later that she's like oh yeah no I'm just going to publish that like it happens so fast that it felt like so much was happening on this show so it doesn't surprise me at all that things move very quickly on Riverdale just in the space of the one episode you picked out for me things (laughs) were like rocketing off to space like we're we're really going quick you know you say that but I have four pages of notes on this episode and by season three and four I got like nine pages of notes on those episodes you know we had a solid three plot lines we had the Betty versus the Black Hood phone calls the Veronica Lodge like Nick St. Clair that kind of thing and then the Jughead initiation into the Serpents that was really it typically there's like also a Cheryl plot line and also an Archie plot line and also sometimes a Kevin plot line so there's there's way more going on generally but but yeah they they don't take things slow uh they uh they could they could probably get by with spending a couple episodes on this kind of thing but instead it's that instant gratification she asks him i think at least two if not three questions all of which are not great i think for the for the reporter that she is you know would i recognize you not that's her that's her her gig is she is like the the local school reporter or something like that That, that's what i could gather from from yes um, she fancies herself a nancy drew type yeah that was a bad first question i thought would i would i recognize you if i saw your face is that what she asks him that feels like i don't know like couldn't you it's like riverdale's not that big if he's someone from riverdale she'll like you'll know who that who it is yeah like, like calm down you know would i recognize you like it doesn't necessarily mean anything like there's a lot of people if you're hooked into riverdale that i'm sure you would recognize that doesn't really narrow the pool down i don't know since i don't know the town well enough i couldn't give you like a good like answer of what specifies things more but I, I thought that was a, a rough first question to, to start so, with. So Kirsten would you like to reveal to Josh who the Black I Hood is? I want to know. I definitely want to Are you know. ready? Yeah I am ready. So the Black Hood is revealed to be Hal Cooper, Betty's dad. <laughs> so he's just like calling her from inside the house? It, the call is coming from inside oh the house. God. Can I air a grievance what? about this? <laughs> that's a, Go ahead. That's a terrible terrible uh, answer. I hate that. I, I'm so traumatized by the fact that Betty changed the ringtone for the Black Hood to Lollipop. See, it, the way it comes across in the show to me has always been like somehow the Black Hood hacked her phone to make it this ringtone because if it traumatized her that much, just change it. <laughs> Get rid of the Lollipop. I thought that the, I, it was too much. There was too much Lollipop in my Riverdale this week. Is that is that a common occurrence? Like, does this happen often? Do we... do we Only when the Black Hood calls. So it's, so. it's his specific ringtone she's assigned? Yeah. Is it is it that she assigned that song to him or he has somehow made it so that anytime he calls Betty that's the ringtone he's he's chosen that that second one is my interpretation but the first is I mine I just don't know why. Well, <laughs> yeah, how would I just you have don't the technology know. to do is that something you can do well I mean to be honest since he lives in the same house as her he probably could have just 
sneakily done that so easily. Oh, I guess that's true. Uh, but we we never really get any clarity on that, and I am find it troubling. Um, I'm not I'm not a fan of the fact that the Black Hood just ends up being her dad. Doesn't that also seem repetitive of the season one mystery? It seems like it's like the uh, same thing. That's what Riverdale loves to do. Okay. They think, hey, it worked out really well when we uh, revealed that someone had a secret sibling. So then by season four, like everyone has a secret sibling that's come out oh, of the yes. woodwork. Name a character and we'll tell you if they have a secret sibling uh, or not. Does Archie have a secret sibling? He is the only one I think who does wow. not. Wow. Oh However, his father has a secret uh-huh. sibling. So there's that. <laughs> okay. Yes. Also, I'm sorry. Cheryl does not have a secret sibling. Just because she apparently ate a triplet in the womb doesn't make that a sibling. Wait, she was one of three and she ate one of them? That's Supposedly. What, that's what we've been led to believe, but I don't think it's real. Well, wait until season six and that triplet is alive somewhere. That triplet, that <laughs> triplet made it. That triplet was raised in isolation and that triplet is coming back as a serial killer in season six of Riverdale. <laughs> that triplet was already a haunted doll in season four, so I don't know about that. Wait, seriously? Yeah. yeah. Look, we don't need this to talk real. about this uh, real. doll Julian. That's not real. Riverdale is truly more like passions than anything else, well, I think. It, so I was... So when I so when I told Emily like all right uh, I know that we're having a really exciting morning with the cats and watching like hate watching the cooking channel right now but we got to get on Netflix and we have to watch an episode of Riverdale she's like why what is this uh, <laughs> and I said well I'm doing a podcast about it tonight and I think you might enjoy it we you never know and that's when Curse and I told you that Emily's uh, uh, description of Archie uh, was was much thinner than than mine she said it's like an illustration right he's a little comics guy was. Emily's uh, understanding of, of who and what an Archie is. Uh, so Riverdale, <laughs> little comic guy. Riverdale is really off her radar. The little comic guy show. So yeah, so I think it's like that meets 90210 was kind of uh, the description that I that I gave to her. Uh, I was way off. I was way off. That's not what the show is. This is, this is, I mean, this really is kind of like Twin Peaks where it feels like anything can happen and there's going to be like no really good explanation for any of it, but it's sort of, sort of a delight in how bizarre and weird it is i gotta go back into my twin peaks watch i mean this is it i mean i don't i don't know i don't know i don't know how off the off the rails this show is gonna get twin peaks was a very deliberately like inexplicable show this this and and like not for like reasons necessarily to to delight you like this feels like the show is so bizarre with the mission statement of like enrapturing you in the bizarre like that feels like what the show wants to do correct me if i'm wrong but it felt to me like this is a show that really wants you to to delight in how strange it is all time. Yeah, so here are some things that have happened in the show that you may or may not believe. Maple syrup has been used to torture people <laughs> at least twice in this show <laughs> so, by different people. So, uh, in, in, <laughs> how did they do it? Like, uh, was it like a like a syrup boarding? Is that something that yeah, happened? Yeah. Essentially, yes. One yeah. time it was course, that, and another time somebody was also uh, handcuffed inside of a hot tub that was getting it turned up, and he was almost being boiled alive by, while having maple syrup, syrup poured on oh. him. Oh the yeah, hot tub was, was water, but but there was, there was syrup also being maple, maple syrup being poured onto him. Yes, that's, o- that's overkill. Like that's just like uh, that's that's like lemon juice in the wound. You don't need to pour syrup on the boiling water, man. That's uh, that's dark yeah. Betty for you. That's all you need to do. It's a waste of good right. syrup. <laughs> 
two characters have attempted to burn their houses down in anger. Actually, both both characters are the same ones who did the maple syrup torture. So <laughs> wow. interesting. Wait, 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 wait. When did Betty try to burn her house down? Uh, she tried to burn her house down when her mom wanted to move them out of it and sell. Oh, she gave all her mom. Her mom gave all of her college tuition money to the farm, and then she tried to burn her house down. To get, oh, like, I have no recollection of that. And that was literally last year. Yeah, wow. it was. That one was not as successful as Cheryl burning down her entire mansion. Wait, so why? Did, which did happen? Why did Betty torture somebody with maple syrup? Uh, so he was a teen athlete who would go on dates with women, and then he would post pictures of that woman on social media with uh, what looks to be maple syrup over their face, and say that he gave them, um, quote unquote, a sticky maple. Whoa! And was slut shaming. Wow. He was really slut shaming the women of Riverdale, even people who had never done anything with him. And so Betty and Veronica get their revenge on him. So Betty puts on a really short wig to give like a fantasy element and they make it seem like they're going to have a threesome with him, her and Veronica and this guy. Right. And then uh, she tortures him. And wait, do they do, is he the one that they're trying to boil alive or is he the, yeah. okay. Yes, they try to boil yeah. him alive. Wow. Yeah. That, like, And would they have like actually gone through with it if they hadn't been stopped by somebody or it was all just like to scare him? I think it was just to scare him and then Betty went too far and Veronica's like, Betty, what are you doing? And then you're supposed to believe that like Betty has a darkness inside of her and that's why she uh, goes a little too far. Well, I wouldn't be surprised. She's the daughter of a serial killer as I've just uh, been informed. And uh, <laughs> by the end of the episode you had me watch, she's a so- she's ordering an assassination. You know, she's like taking yeah. out a hit on Nick St. Clair. So for her to like uh, want to boil somebody uh, alive and actually go through with it, I guess that maps onto the Betty I know at this point. So at the beginning of this episode, we did get a tiny bit of an Archie plot, which was him informing his dad that he has talked to the principal and apologized for starting a vigilante group (laughs) called the Red Circle. Now, this is the first of three vigilante groups that Archie will start so far up to season four. Oh, man. So there's the Red Circle, the Black Circle, and then, or the Dark Circle, maybe? Maybe it's called the Dark Circle. And then uh, the group that he gets of of, uh, ex-juvenile delinquents who are now in a sort of fight club that take down people on the south side who are who are uh, messing with kids. So the serpents are still around uh, through season four? The serpents have very recently come back. They were gone inexplicably for like half a season okay. and we don't know where they went. They just sort of died and off. And how's, how's Jughead uh, doing these days? Is he back on the, the straight and <laughs> narrow? Because I'm a little concerned about Jughead in this episode. So Jughead is, is currently in, in present day attending a private school that he got into based on uh, an, a short story he wrote uh, and a, a teacher at the school saw his short story and thought that he had promised so they brought him to this private school on a scholarship what a wow what a lucky break that you get a, a full a full ride to a private school based on a short story yes that's exciting he didn't even win the short story contest he got the, the CM one money of the teachers basically saw, yeah exactly he got the CM money so he is currently attending this private school called Stonewall Prep where he has recently been awarded the contract to be the new Shadow Raider for the Baxter Brothers series, wow. which is like the Hardy Boys of the Riverdale life. And season four is basically framed around, we're led to believe that Jughead will be dead at 
at the end of season four. Oh, no. And they keep showing flash forwards throughout the season. So we can kind of try to piece together what's going on. Mary and I don't believe that he will be dead at the end of season four. Has Cole Sprouse been like actively like outspoken about not wanting to be on Riverdale anymore or something like that? Like, is there reason to believe he would want to leave? I don't think so. Yeah. So most of the actors, like the children stars here or teenage stars, they were all pretty new to acting when this, like, this is the first thing that Camilla Mendez as Veronica was in. Yeah. One of the first things that Lily Reinhardt as Betty was in. And so they have all gotten a lot bigger now because of this show. And I think that they, I don't think they have any reason to want to leave it. Cole Sprouse is also dating the actress who plays Betty oh, in real life. Okay. So, which I think sort of happened because it's what, you know, chicken and the egg thing. Not sure if they kept the characters together on the show because they were dating in real life and figured like, hey, chemistry, let's just keep going with this. But yeah, but by the end of season four, they're they're trying to th- get us to think that Betty's going to kill Jughead, which I don't think is going to actually happen. Well, so we, we leave this episode and like Betty has dumped Jughead via Archie because, and now I guess this makes more sense that her dad disapproves of all of Betty's friends and all the people in Betty's life. So he's trying to very traumatically rip her away from these people. Also makes sense why he would know that Archie was in on some of those calls because he was in the house while it was going on. Uh, That's a really unfair advantage that the Black Hood has. But Betty leaves this episode broken up with Jughead, but they're going to get back together. That's not like a a forever thing. They're going to get back together. They'll be back together pretty quick. Okay, And then like they're they're together all the way through. So there's a there's a seat and the next episode is mostly about this car race which is very like Greece style car race (laughs) between two different gangs the serpents and then this other gang that we haven't really talked about yet called the ghoulies yeah (laughs) so the the serpents versus the ghoulies and during this race we have a great scene where Cheryl Blossom is the one who like drops the flag you know at the beginning not really sure what the whole point of that was because you have to have someone sexy do that right it was a it's a turf war situation but after like one or two more episodes Betty and Jughead get back together. I don't really remember how it happens. And then they're just together until apparently Betty murders Jughead. Yeah, something like that. It would would be a very big deal for Riverdale to kill off Jughead. Jughead's one of the big four. You know, you think about the Archie comics and Jughead is going to come to mind just as quickly as Betty, Veronica, and Archie, I would think. Probably fourth place, but like still really high up there. Would Dylan Sprouse come to the show? Would Would they do like an actor swap? See, that's the thing. I don't know why we haven't had, like, Jughead's the perfect person to have a secret sibling because he's got that. Maybe they're waiting that for that, though. They're waiting for but that. But Jughead already has his secret sibling. You're right. His half brothers with Betty because Betty's a mom and Jughead's dad used to be a thing when oh, they were in high school. That makes things right. very so uncomfortable. So, Betty's mom, as we saw in this episode, she used to be a serpent and now she's, you know, part of the North Side and is all anti serpents, but really she's a big hypocrite. When she showed up with her fabulous dress, she was wearing, like, a serpent necklace or something so was she like yes, like letting exactly. her serpent flag fly at that point she's like yeah it's a serpent what are you gonna do about it pretty yeah, much yeah. yeah so so alice okay, smith back before she was cooper and fp jones they uh they have a child who is p- portrayed in the show by the great uh matt elrod aka wyatt nash oh, wow so wyatt nash is like the jughead in waiting like he's like the heir to the <laughs> jughead em- empire you know it's weird because they never really act like he's actually like jughead always refers to him as 
Chuck and like I think Jughead forgets that he's his brother a lot of times. It's it's his, new, but Jughead's he's a, he's an FBI is, agent. Is a, Jughead's brother is an FBI agent named Chuck, <laughs> named Charles, played yeah, by Charles. Wyatt Matty Elrod Nash, or should that be Matty yes. Wyatt Nash Elrod? <laughs> I, I I feel like I feel like because like I haven't listened to the podcast before, like I must have missed like a segment where at the end of an episode you're like, all right, we're gonna have Wiggler on here. Let's just come up with a bunch of lies to throw out at him <laughs> and see what he actually believes is truly happening on Riverdale and what he can see through as him just being punk. Because that does not seem real to yeah, me. Yeah, it, it is real. And so Mary had asked me to prepare a list of crazy things that happened on Riverdale so we could see if you thought they would be real or not. And I was looking at this list of stuff and I was like, I can't make a list of this because if I lay it all out in list form, I'm going to realize what I've been spending so much time talking about. <laughs> Um, <laughs> it's like too real. <laughs> like it's just too much. Yeah. But uh, one other, one thing that I really wanted to make sure to bring up to you to see your thoughts on. So at the end of season two, Archie goes to prison. Why? What did he do? For, for a murder that he did not commit. Oh, he gets framed. He gets framed by Hiram Lodge for a murder. And wow, what's with all these people going out of their way to like break up their their children's uh, high school relationships? Uh, Betty Betty's father is going to be a serial killer to break up Betty and Jughead, and Veronica's dad is going to frame her his daughter's well, boyfriend for murder. To be fair, at least in this situation to Hiram, Archie like went straight to Hiram's space and was like, "I'm going to stop you, and here's what I'm going to do to stop you." So Hiram was like, "Think you can stop me? Yeah, I'm going to put you in prison." That's a bad strategy. I think that yeah, that's deserved. So while Archie is in prison, he gets forced into a, a teenage inmate fight club. <laughs> that really happened. <laughs> yes, with a character named Mad Dog. So, wait, what's Mad Dog's real name again, Mary? Marilyn Hershey. Uh, M- Monroe. Monroe. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Yes, not not Marilyn. I mean, no, that's a that great that's great. a great combo. Uh, Archie Archie <sighs> and uh, Survivor Mad Dog is a match made in heaven. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. But he he is in this teenage fight club that uh, is all. Also, sort of run by Hiram Lodge. Oh, There's, so the fix is in. So he's got he's yes. got no shot. Yeah. So Hiram Lodge and Archie throughout season two, they sort of have this like budding apprenticeship sort of relationship. Archie's Archie's trying to prove himself to his girlfriend's dad, who's recently gotten out of prison, and so he's he's doing all that. But then Hiram kind of crosses the line and wants Archie to side with him over his own father. And Archie's that's when he's like, Nah, not gonna do that. Also, you're a horrible person. Like Kirsten said pretty much threatens to expose him and then uh, he has a, a great moment where he's named student body president and then arrested right back to back you know so it's you great. can't get you get the crown and on the same day uh, everything falls apart it's no good exactly yeah, exactly and he, doesn't, he doesn't ever get exactly cleared of the charge he kind of escapes prison no and he, then... he escapes and then like conveniently the information comes out right away because uh, Veronica finds like the proof of the false uh, witness oh. Oh, right. on a computer. Yes. So he's exonerated, ultimately. So he does get exonerated, like, at, as he escapes from prison, basically. And so w- are there consequences for him breaking out of jail? No. Well, no. he walks to Toledo, and then he goes, and then he walks to Canada, and then See, that's uh, very confusing as to, oh, yeah, he fights he, a bear? He, he fist fights a grizzly bear. He fights, a, he fist fights a grizzly bear? I, I that one I wish this I was kidding about, This isn't, none though. of this is real. All all of this 
happened and you are, you are very... masters of improv. None of this is real. This is all elaborate ruse. So what did you think of the jingle jangle? I didn't understand what that was. I thought like, was right. it, was it just like, uh, is this what the kids are calling it these days? We're talking about the jingle jangle. Uh, like I know I'm, I'm a, a little out of touch with what's on the streets nowadays, but jingle jangle went over my head. Yeah. I'm assuming jingle jangle is like the next level of cocaine. Yeah, and yeah. then there's another drug that comes up in season three called fizzle rocks that I just assume <laughs> is crystal meth. Yeah. Sweet. But it looks like pop rocks because this is, this looks yeah. like pixie sticks. Yeah. So it's meth. He had, yeah, it looked, it looked like, obviously it was drugs, but it looked like he, Nick St. Clair literally just had like a coat filled with candy. And everyone's well, like about to do the know, candy. In season one, they talk about heroin and they talk about pot. But then by season two and three, I think they decide they need to just start coming up with fake names for everything, which is actually something else we do on this podcast is we have a segment called Close But No Cigars, where there's stuff, for example, the hotel in this episode is called The Five Seasons. Right. <laughs> which I yes. had a huge guffaw about. But that was great. <laughs> You're going to love when they bring up TGI Thursdays. <laughs> I already do. <laughs> TGI, yes. they're not even trying. You know, I get, I get no. it though, because they're being so next level galaxy brain creative in so many other areas that they have to give themselves like a little bit of a break here and there. It's like, oh, what are we going to call the four? Just call it the five seasons and get it over with. We got to keep going. Uh, it makes it's like, sense. where where does someone order something online? Glamazon. <laughs> yes, my, my least favorite are all the candies. You've got your Swizzlers, your Butter Flingers, your Skit Scats, Senior Refreshers, Three Buccaneers, and... <laughs> Oh, sorry. We forgot about Grindem, the dating site. Incredible. As well. Incredible. Incredible. Not even trying. Not even trying. Or maybe it's like an elaborate effort to to uh, to illustrate just how close the reality of Riverdale is to our reality. But clearly, it's existing in just like a. It's like the 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 Berenstein Bears thing. It's like the Mandela effect. It's like it's just like in this alternate universe that feels a lot like ours, but instead of Kit Kats, it's Smits Mats or whatever the hell they're doing uh i don't know i don't know that's all yeah so another big plot line is so after jughead joins the serpents they and they start fighting with this other gang called the ghoulies and he has to team up with this woman called penny peabody to get his father out of prison but she starts sort of blackmailing him and making his life a lot more complicated so at some point he goes and literally like cuts off the tattoo on her arm so he kind of like scalps her arm he's he skins her arm to get rid of the serpent tattoo. And then you later see her and this has left no scar. <laughs> no, Wait, of course was, not. Were they in a rush? There, they uh, were, Couldn't they have like, could they have tried to laser it off? I think he, he was trying to make a statement of like, you're not a serpent anymore. So he wasn't going to call Dr. Will and laser away to, to get rid did of that. He, he did wanted... he have her consent to... to... No, it was like a oh, violent attack. Yes, a very violent attack. She later gets him back and also carves off his tattoo which we saw him get at the end of this and episode is he, by uh, is he not tony Topaz. is he not canceled after he's forcibly removing this tattoo from this person yeah this person kind of sucks oh, okay i think we we're yeah, all she's a, she's a bad person wow so riverdale like kind of like tests our own morality too right it's like how far can we go with betty before we stop and realize that she's boiling a person alive like how far can you go with jughead until you realize that like you're skinning somebody's arm to get a tattoo off without their consent you're no longer 
longer a good person, Mr. Oh, Head. No. Uh, this is uh, this is the end of the line. Uh, so it's really pushing our own you know feelings of morality. Riverdale definitely does uh, bring up questions of your own morality because it basically makes it seem like nothing you do will ever be as bad as anything these people do. <laughs> so you can basically just do whatever you, you want. You get away with anything. Yeah. Oh my God. You'd be hard pressed to find by season four a character who has not either intentionally or unintentionally murdered someone. Pretty sure, pretty sure everyone has at this point. No, There's a couple we just kind of completely gloss over. Mary, I was about to be like, what? Veronica never killed anyone when she fully mm. poured alcohol on someone and lit them on fire Excuse this year. Excuse me? <laughs> yes. Yes. But to be fair, he was trying to murder her and it was self-defense. But, but she lit a guy on fire. He did. But by season four, so much is going on that we don't even really talk about it. It's like it happened and the next day you just hear Archie being like, man, Veronica, you really held your own in that fight. Like nothing. No comment. Betty's sister Polly comes back with a bomb strapped to her chest and Betty has to disable it in under a few seconds while Wyatt Nash is standing there being completely pointless and uh, and no one mentions it ever again. Maybe Riverdale's just really ahead of its time. Like maybe it really has just this, this vision of the future because we're living in the dark times, my friends. Like things are bad and it's scary out there and maybe Riverdale is just highlighting like what we're going to need to do to survive in the future. Like sometimes you're just going to have to drown somebody in very hot maple syrup in order to get about your day. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta do what you gotta do just to get through your day. You know? And if that involves like some some casual self-defense via setting someone on fire, pouring alcohol on them and setting them on fire, and that counts as a self-defense killing, then that's just what you have to do. Yeah, I think you're giving Riverdale way too much credit. It seems but... like a thinking person's <laughs> show, though. It really does. It's Yeah, it's definitely a thinking person's show. One other thing that I also realize we haven't talked about yet, uh, Veronica owns a secret speakeasy under Pop's <laughs> Chocolate Shop. <laughs> I need you to know about that. And I was in Pop's Chocolate Shop for a minute in this episode, right? We were there for just like a quick yes. second. That seemed like a great Just place. a quick second. Yeah. Yeah. That's, like the pe- that's like the peach pit of Riverdale. Yeah, and exactly. the, the speakeasy is like the peach pit after dark, but even more, even more salacious. Yeah. They kind of forget a lot how old these characters are. So Veronica in this episode mentions that her and Nick used to go clubbing yeah. back in New York. They are supposed to be sophomores in high school here. and So they were like 12 years old going clubbing? Yeah. Right. But I mean, exactly. that's like the gossip girl thing. Like those kids sure. are, are teens and because they're rich, they can go to whatever bar in New York they want to go to. And it's a thing on CW shows where at least one character, usually a teenager, has to open a nightclub or bar or coffee shop and so veronica has to open the speakeasy or as we call it the speakeasy <laughs> i like that show. i like that it's good pronunciation yes yeah now she does she has recently also started making rum because she's trying to compete against her father in the rum making business it's very oh very so she's stuff. gone up against mr ripa yes. yes yeah exactly um hiram is probably the most annoying bad guy that we have because unlike the flashiness of the black hood or the gargoyle king he's just always there and he's so powerful and you just can't take him down. They they finally get him arrested in season three, and then he just sort of walks out of he jail. Just and is it like, off. Eh, yeah. I own the prison. It's fine. So he was fine. He seemed fine. I mean, he wasn't. He didn't really. Uh, he didn't really pop one way or the other. 
Twitter. I'm a, so I I I I loved nine hundred two and O. That that was one of my my key shows growing up. So I always knew like Luke Perry was associated with with Riverdale, and that was always in the back of my mind. Like if I if I give Riverdale a shot, I'm at least gonna be happy because Luke Perry is here. Uh, how were the Fred Andrews days? When I go back and I and I binge this whole thing, is it gonna make me even more sad than I already am about all things Luke Perry? Because em- Emily and I both had a moment where we both looked at each other when he showed up on the screen for the first time. Like, oh, Luke, no. He's like probably the best, most wholesome character that's, on the that's show. That's what I sure. gathered. He seemed like he was pretty on the level. It's hard. Like every time you see him on the show after like knowing that he had tragically passed way too young, like I, it's always a gut punch for me and I, it'll probably be more of a gut punch for yourself and, and Emily. Yeah, yeah. We were big, big Dylan McKay stands in this house. Now, could you pick up on, he was only in this episode briefly, but could you pick up on what his involvement was? No. <laughs> okay. It was, I realized that was probably kind of confusing. Yeah. 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 So Hiram Lodge and Hermione have recently bought up the South Side or a, a large portion of it, the part that used to be the drive-in movie theater. And they're talking here about, you know, they're trying to get some investors so that they can do this big construction project. And Fred Andrews, Luke Perry, owns a construction firm. And so he's going to be doing the the leveling of the land and, and all of that initial construction. And he sort of partnered up with Hermione for that. He's also sort of being coerced into doing this. This is not really what he wants to do, but they were threatening to buy out his company if he didn't do it. So and, it's like um, the, the lesser of two evils types of type of thing. Yeah. He also has a lot of medical bills right now because the beginning of this season started with the Black Hood running into Pop's chocolate shop and shooting Fred Andrews. Whoa. And so, yeah. yes, that was the big cliffhanger from the end of season one and the beginning of season two. So he, that's, that's the other reason why Archie keeps making all the vigilante groups because he's trying to track down the Black Hood. At some point in the season, Archie kind of backs away from that plot and Betty steps in because she has the much closer connection. I like to think that's when the writers decided who the Black Hood was going to be and that's why they started putting Betty in those scenes instead of Archie. But it's it's a rough go for for Fred Andrews in this season. Uh, It ends with him and Hermione running for mayor, though. Like co-mayor or running against each other? Like against Against each each other. I was going to say, like, wow. That's very progressive, like a double mayor. Yeah, co-mayors. <laughs> yeah, he's a he's a good character. I think they they handle everything as best they can in season four with him. But that's Molly Ringwald does pop up a little more, and we have to call her Molly Ringwald because her character is Mary Andrews, and that's, that's just too, confusing yeah, that's, on that's this too podcast. Hard. That's too hard. It's too much for that's for Mary too, to handle. Too much Mary to track. Yes, definitely. So, was there anything else about this episode that really that you wanted to touch on or talk about? Because uh, it's pretty, you know, like that. Like we went through a lot of the points here what about the uh yeah the trials that Jughead had to go through in order to become this well, serpent? Th- I mean I thought it was funny the the escalation uh of like you have to take care of the great beast it's just like this amazing adorable dog uh and then like he has to like what's the next thing that he has to do at the bar before he gets snake bit like there's like another thing that's he like, has to recite the the rules right, of right. the serpent like, yeah the here, laws. like memorize this text and recite it so it's like oh you guys are scary bad the really bad sea serpents or whatever you are uh, and then they're like here and now you have to get bit by a snake it's like okay so we went from like dog sitting to memor- memorizing some words to getting bit by a snake feels like a fairly significant escalation uh and then uh him getting just like beaten up by everybody in the gang and having to withstand the physical violence in order to to fully be initiated felt like uh like the the level of progression of all of that kind of felt like how i came to understand riverdale i was like at first like <laughs> at first like it was just gonna be like a cute dog 
fitting thing. And then maybe like I have to memorize a few facts about it. And oh my God, I just got bit by a snake. And now a small army of uh, street toughs have beaten me up. Now I'm part of the gang. I'm like fully initiated. So like, I feel like Jughead's arc in this episode really mirrors my, uh, my feelings about Riverdale right now. And we actually got some of this episode is something that they do a lot in this show, which is the sort of montage back and forth of somebody getting punched a lot <laughs> while other characters are singing. Yeah, yeah this that is happens the first occasion the of this, right? Yeah, I think so. And I think it, this is the first one. Josh, it culminates with Veronica singing Saturday Night's All Right for Fighting while Archie's in a fight. That's amazing. Just like and calling it's, it. Uh, yeah. An iconic moment. Incredible. How often is Veronica hanging out with Josie and the Pussycats? Is, is that like a, it, b- a big thing? It was a lot at the start, but Josie and the Pussycats kind of fade out of the show a lot. Like there, there's a steep drop in the amount of Josie and the Pussycats. And now Josie is on Katie Keene, which I have not watched the preview, the premiere of yet, but she's there. And what's what's Katie Keene all about? Because I know this is a thing, but I don't know anything about it. So uh, we don't know that much about Katie Keene yet either, but uh, Katie Keene is uh, in New York City. Her like whole thing is fashion design, I guess. And I'm assuming there's going to be murder, but we don't know yet. It's written by the same uh, person. Yeah, it's the same showrunner and everything. And they also did Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. And the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina is the most insane show I've ever seen. You love it. You're a big Sabrina fan. I love Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. I like significantly more than Riverdale because it's like there's crazy stuff happening, but it's like because Lucifer is there and it's they're going to hell and like stuff like that, which I find uh, more exciting. Is there uh, is the is the cat on it? I just remember the cat from the Melissa Joan Hart one. Yes, they do have. What's the cat's uh, name? Salem Salem, there. But Salem in this version is just her familiar. So he just like meows. He doesn't talk or anything like that. That's all right. And then the character that's fulfilled by Salem in like the original show, which is basically he's her uncle who has been trapped in a cat's body because of like crimes that he had committed is fulfilled by she has a really amazing cousin who lives in the house uh, that they have. And everything is all like a lot darker about it. Like they say it's so funny. They'll be like, go to heaven instead of go to hell. (laughs) And it's like very, very like devil-y and antichrist and it's so dark and so much fun does it does it cross over with Riverdale ever they like had a brief like two minute thing that slightly crossed over with Riverdale in season three and I'm just waiting for them to do a full crossover episode well, between Greendale and Riverdale it's hard because they're because Archie because Riverdale is CW and this is Netflix right so like it's not even like the that it's difficult that it's like across networks it's like it's across platforms like the entire Sabrina I assume drops in a single season um, yeah they do it's only like eight episodes at a time and they drop in in one batch. Oh, that's actually pretty smart. So, and so d- does it come out faster than like your standard season? Uh, I th- yeah, because the third season just came out and I think like a year ago, maybe season one ca- had been out at this time. So it does go like reasonably quickly. I find it just so much more enjoyable be- because it's just wild. And it, you can like make sense of the ridiculousness because you're like, yeah, but like she's literally going to hell to like talk to Lilith. So obviously it's going to be kind of crazy yeah i'm into it I'll, i mean first i gotta i gotta get through all of riverdale yeah, you've got first. a lot of riverdale to watch and then TV you can watch, watch sabrina yeah. yeah so like riverdale 
I watched the first episode because someone, I didn't have Netflix at the time. That would have been a way cheaper way of going about this. I watched it on YouTube and I, I bought the episode and then I figured oh, I'll buy one more and see how it is. I was hooked by the second episode, went to Target, bought the first two seasons on DVD and watched it all in a weekend. And when the weekend was over, I realized I was like, you know, I'm obsessed with the show, <laughs> but I still don't know if I like it or not. Yeah. And uh, that was just in time for season three to come out. So that's when I contacted Kirsten and said, hey, is is it just me or is this show something we need to talk so about? Where, where so where have you netted out on it? Is it just a show you're obsessed with and you don't like? Or is it a show that you're obsessed with and you do like? Or is it a show that you now are both just sort of, uh, you're, you're trapped inside the Riverdale vortex and you can't escape? I think when you watch it episode by episode every week and you have to like take notes on it and podcast about it's a it. Lot. In, in that- It becomes work. Look, yeah. yeah, it's it's like it's uh it, it makes it feel more crazy. And then when I've gone back and like sat down, and watched four or five episodes with my mom or my sister, I I enjoy it more because it kind of all blends together and it's ridiculous. But you can like, oh, if this scene is crazy, oh well, I'll just fast forward to get to something new pretty soon. Whereas now that I'm having to pay attention to it, it's hard. There's there's very little reprieve in season four for like just some nice heartfelt plot lines. It's 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 really all people getting locked in coffins and joining <laughs> secret societies. Yeah, yeah so. but I like season four. I like season four so much more than season three. Yeah, I, I'd say season one's the best than season no, four. season probably. one's so boring. Okay, Kirsten's just incorrect about this. I think, Josh, if you found this show to be insane and maybe you want to dial it back like half a you know step, you'll like season well, one. Well, I appreciate that season one is only 13 episodes or something. And so it's like it's yes. like going to be, correct me if I'm wrong, My my expectation is that like, yeah, it's gonna have a lot going on, but there's like basically the 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 narrative of who killed this guy, and that's like the the long arc of the season. Like I can I can get on board to watch at least the first season of Riverdale, just like to get out of like the the hyperbole of like ah Riverdale, it's my new thing. I'm gonna watch all the Riverdale. Like I'll definitely be able to watch a season of Riverdale. And my assumption yeah. is based on how I felt watching this episode, and based on what my like TV digestion habits are, is I'll probably just be like, okay, I can just like consume 22 more episodes of Riverdale next yeah, weekend. Yeah, no. From when you messaged me today saying that was crazy by the end we were both standing up in front of the TV. You guys are watching all of it. I'm sorry. We were. Well, it was also like the the screen started getting very dark because Betty's going to like the haunted forest or whatever to like open up the box with the mask in it, which was so lame. Uh, and it was very dark, but it was like very bright in our room. So we're like, what's going on? We can't see. So we both just like gravitated towards the front of the TV to obscure the windows that were shining light onto our TV and both like just kind of like naturally looked at each other after a while being like we're standing up watching the end of Riverdale like this is a thing that's <laughs> happening in our lives right now. Uh, it's a very surprising way to I guess not end a Sunday but like to have like the middle of a Sunday uh, culminate in watching Riverdale standing literally at not even like sitting at the edge of our seats we were like honestly full on standing that, up. <laughs> that's how I define love now. I mean it's pretty good it's pretty good it's not bad. Well if you if you and the great Emily Fox decide to continue watching any and you ever feel the need to what it's more like venting if you ever feel the need to vent or rant about the show just let us know yeah. and uh, there's always a home for I, you I, th I think she'd be up for it I, I think so I think she was a little bit jealous afterwards she's like wait are you gonna go and talk about I, this now yeah I actually really I was about to be like hey should we invite Emily too and then I was like well I don't know if she wants to talk about it and I don't want to just like force Emily to come talk to two people 
people. She has no idea who they no, are. I, I think the, I think the wise move is like now she's like dipped her toe in. Now she's curious about. It. She's like Riverdale curious at this point, and we can we can go and we can binge a season. And I I bet she's gonna be in. And so so once that happens, I'll 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 let you know. I'll let you know. But yeah, I, reach back I, out. We can. I do think a she would have Emily Fox retrospective. Yeah, I think she'd have a lot of thoughts on the matter. Uh, they'd be they'd be worth hearing. She was saying a lot of very funny things that I can't remember uh, off the top of my head now. That was uh, oh I'm getting a text from her as we speak. Uh, what is she saying? She's in the other room. Uh, she says, I'm in. She goes, I'm in. <laughs> she goes, yes. she goes, I'm yes. in, in all caps. Josh, <laughs> I'm in. Uh, it's not a not a Josh Wiggler podcast until Emily Fox starts texting me from the other room. <laughs> I know. I was just waiting for you to get the babe text. Yeah, uh, I haven't gotten the official babe text, but that's as close as we're going to get, I think. Well, I like this one much better <laughs> because in, it means that at, at some point I will get to talk to Emily yeah, Fox. She's in. She's in. Uh, it could just be an excuse for us to talk about our kitties for an hour, but uh, oh my god, we'll do that. literally, we'll do that I'm well. just glad that you're willing to talk to me after I've become a full stalker no, no, since you got your new cat. Lo- long overdue, first of all, and I will honestly any any medium where I can uh, uh, name drop the great uh, Lola Vivian and Dougie Jones, uh, I'm I'm very happy to do so, uh, especially uh, very unexpectedly here talking about Riverdale and like not even getting to talk about Skeet Ulrich and not even knowing what he's up to yet like kind of makes me upset so I feel like he's in jail right now at this point at this point in the show yeah Uh, I also oh I guess uh I didn't talk about how how scandalized I was uh when when Betty was just dragging Veronica at the party like I know like she had been uh she'd been told to like break it off with with Veronica like you have to distance yourself from all these people but I felt like she like really uh went for the jugular with Veronica in public like that was very harsh she was like you're fake you're only here because it's convenient you're not one of us and like it felt like yeah like i get like she's trying to really make a move here to to keep the serial killer off her back but she like really went for it sure these were like like kind of like deep-seated things that she was maybe actually feeling i there's definitely some of that veronica was the first episode of, of riverdale season one is veronica's first time in riverdale so she shows up and her and betty become fast friends but then there's a lot of tension because she starts dating archie and there's all that going on and I think there's a lot that Betty still kind of looks down on Veronica about I think there's probably some jealousy associated with that as well but you know it's Riverdale so I think next episode I'm not even sure if they have a formal conversation where they have to make up I think they're just kind of back to being it just, friends it again. felt so real it was like wow yeah that was, yeah, was rough like that was like the most realistic thing in the episode was uh that was Betty's takedown of Veronica and I felt awful for Veronica I was like Betty this is so harsh to do this so publicly well you know there's that and then there's the Betty telling Archie to let Jughead down easy and he goes and just destroys Jughead as yeah, well. I also, so I did Archie th- was mad because Jughead's hanging out with the serpent so he decided to really uh, that scene was turn amazing. the knife. That scene was incredible. That scene was incredible that Archie was there and he's there to like break up with Jughead on Betty's behalf and then he's so scandalized by the fact that Jughead is hanging out with the serpents that he drops it. Like any pretense of like feeling bad about being uh, the, the messenger for Betty is completely dropped in that moment. He just like really throws it in Jughead's face. There's just a, there was a lot going on in 
that scene. Well, you know, we had a sweet pea there and the other serpents, oh, yeah. cucumber, melon, sweet pink cashmere, cherry blossom, and twilight woods. So I, uh, I when know. when Jughead said the words sweet pea for the first time in this episode, I thought that he was just like being sarcastic and like throwing out a nickname. Uh, and then I came to realize, no, that character is actively named sweet pea. Yeah, that's his real name. That's his real name. Um, there's one thing that Mary and I do on every uh, episode of Riverdale we recap, which is that we name who the most normal person of the episode is. Wow. So That's who tough. in the episode seemed the most like an actual human? And I got to admit, I don't have any contenders yeah, I, for this episode. I mean, I think it would be unfair to say Fred Andrews because he's in it so briefly. So like, I, I don't want to do that. Like I wanted, I, it should be somebody who is on the show for a meaningful amount of time. Um, I feel like Archie was a relatively normal human being. Like, it, I guess it, I, I know I was so shocked by it, but maybe it's just because it was Archie. But I guess it makes sense. He's a high school football kid who's just like working on his biceps as he's fielding a phone call from his friend about a serial killer. No, not when you put it that way, it doesn't make much sense at all. <laughs> but, but you know, this was a very normal Archie episode, and Archie is notorious for like never being the most normal person on on this show. But he was, uh, he, he just really didn't have a whole lot to do. He was kind of just the sub character in everyone's plotline. So eh, yeah, I, I can go with Archie. I think that's fine. We we've decided it's kind of a cop out to say like pop right but pop is always normal uh we've recently been giving it to people like the uh the hot guy in the background kind of because thing, like your because options are thinning much. out so much yeah oh got it. it's it's been real yeah. bad recently yeah. it's been real bad um, i think season two is going to be harder than season four for naming a most normal person it might be it might be um and and you know alice cooper who's one of our our favorite characters in this show she this is like right on the border of when she starts changing a little bit the first season and and the first half of this episode you see her to be kind of just your very overprotective strict sort of north side mother and then she just completely dives off the deep end all throughout season three it's uh she joins a cult too so it's wow. rough i mean i feel like the the serpent dress feels like a breaking point it kind of feels yes. like a point of no return um but i'm here i'm yeah. here for it i thought that was great i thought what she, that, she oh that gown well, i forgot what what song was playing in the background thunder yeah, that was incredible yeah. that was amazing yeah was that good. was really really good just an iconic image just incredible yeah it's truly, it was great. truly an iconic moment in history is is that dress uh it's something that we talk about all the time yeah, i'm really i'm really <laughs> glad if nothing else that you exposed me to that scene because that was that was amazing like, what is happening oh my god it's yeah. great wow well i want to thank you so much for coming on this podcast and talking about this with us hopefully this has inspired some people who have not been checking out riverdale to do it if not just to understand what on earth it's we were just talking so about strange i just can't believe this exists you know it really isn't enough to say it's Archie meets 90210 there's like there's something much more inspired happening here on Riverdale uh and I think that you both are doing incredible work by being like the <laughs> the the like the stalwart guards of the Riverdale watch like I think the two of you on the towers uh keeping the people informed of what's happening in the great Riverdale Illinois or maybe upstate New York <laughs> Uh, what's <laughs> happening with all of these maple syrup shenanigans. You're really doing a tremendous service in, in the year 2020. Uh, and I think you should both feel tremendously proud of your efforts. Well, thank you very uh, much. We I really think Josh has it. reinvigorated my love of this show, to be yes. honest. I feel like I'm seeing it through new eyes now. I'm, I'm really excited to get back on the podcast with Emily at some point in the not terribly distant future. Oh, no, definitely yeah. do. And, and this is making me excited to go back and talk about season two because ugh, season three was a slog to get through. This is much better. But- well, um, 
Yeah, but I feel like now, looking back, season three, if it had been a binge, would have been probably quite enjoyable. If it was a binge, yes. I think this will, uh, I I can imagine this being a very difficult show to watch week to week. This feels like a perfect binge show. It's Uh, a great binge show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, it is. Well, that's pretty much it for today. Uh, Everyone can check out all of the podcasts we've been talking about that we are doing. If you want to catch up to season four, that's what we're covering currently. You can go back and listen to some of our season one coverage. Over on Kowski Cast, that's Cow with a K. We are now on Spotify as well, so you're welcome to check that out. We're on iTunes. You can find it there. Um, you can find Kirsten online at Kirsten Said What, and you can find Josh at Round Howard on Twitter, at least. Josh, you have anything yeah, else I'm, you want to round, round Howard on the Instagram, too, and if you want to see cute, oh, cute nice. cats. Got lots of... They're very cute cats. Mm-hmm. Okay, I've been dying to ask you forever, Sling, though. What, what's with the pets. Round Howard? Uh, so Round Howard was uh, the name of... a character in uh, a movie that some friends and I were going to make in high school Uh, and he was the main character and we filmed the first scene of the movie it wasn't the round Howard scenes yet it was like a cold open with uh, somebody else we were going to get to round Howard and we never did but the name survived and he he has become my my internet handle so it's there's a longer story that involves like there's a cursed stack of uh, plastic cups that if you drink from the plastic cups you explode Um, but we don't that sounds like a Riverdale it does feel very Riverdale made to be and also we've also just split our feed so that there is a kowski cast riverdale only feed if you don't want any of the other content it's brand new so people could rate it and review it um we'll read any review you write as long as you give us five stars and i'll make a fool of myself for that so please yeah i mean i don't know why you would ever leave a rating that isn't five stars is maybe that's a hot take i don't think that i'd ever leave a rating for anything unless it was a five star rating Otherwise, I just don't think I would bother. Uh, so just just leave five star ratings for all the podcasts that you listen to. Well, uh, on oh, this yeah. podcast, we we don't condone underage drinking on this podcast, and we don't condone anything under a five star. I rating, think that, that so. that's those are very good rules to live by. Yes. All right. Well, this has been amazing. Thank you so much. I'm very excited for when you can make it through season one. Keep I us will. posted on your thoughts on the I show. I will very much. That thank you both for for bringing this blessing known as Riverdale into my life. So, <laughs> We're so sorry. A true, a true mitzvah that you have done for me this is great especially as a sober person i really need to like find my kick somewhere now so like oh you found yeah, them here yeah, so I got yeah i almost feel like this is bad oh for it, might be. it might be it, it might it might not be good i'll let you know too in which case i can forward you my therapy bills oh no okay. i can't afford that okay. um. <laughs> yeah. oh, so this might be very very problematic but i'll let you know i'll let you know how it goes all right okay all right until next time bye, bye. Done. Jughead's brother is an FBI agent named Chuck. Yo, Riverdale's good.